Section 16 of A Year with the Saints, translated by member of the Order of Mercy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain, recording by Maria Therese. 16. Do not fear that the occupations imposed by obedience will draw you away from union with God, for when they are performed for His glory, they are, instead, great powers to unite us closely to Him. For how can those things separate us from God which unite our will to His? The whole mistake arises from the failure to distinguish between being drawn away from God and being drawn away from the sweetness found in the interior perception of God. It is true that in occupation this sweetness is not always enjoyed, though it is sometimes in the highest degree. But in depriving ourselves of this, for the love of God, we gain instead of losing, while we leave the weak for the strong. While to quit or abandon our work to unite ourselves to God by prayer, reading, or recollection, by solitude and contemplation, will be to withdraw from God, and to unite ourselves to ourselves, and to our own self-love. St. Francis de Sales St. Mary Magdalene de Pazzi performed all her exterior duties with so much spiritual delight, and with so pure an intention for God, that they were no hindrance to her interior retirement, and did not distract her in the least from God. And so, on the instant after finishing any of them, she would retire to prayer, and be wholly separated from all earthly things, and completely wrapped in God. Even in the midst of manual labor and employment, she often fell into ecstasies, so that she once said, It is the same to me whether I am told to go to prayer in the choir, or to any manual work, for I make no difference between them. Nay, were I to say that sometimes I find God more in such work than in prayer, I think I should tell the truth. A Franciscan lay brother who was cook, when he had thoroughly performed the work of his charge, used to retire to prayer, in which he enjoyed many heavenly consolations. To enjoy more of these, he asked and obtained from his superior permission to give up his distracting occupation. Then giving himself entirely to prayer, he found in it nothing but aridity and distractions. Seeing his mistake, he returned to his former work, when the lost consolations immediately came back. 17. Even little actions are great when they are done well, so that a little action done with desire to please God is more acceptable to Him, and gives Him more glory, than a great work done with less fervor. We must, then, give particular attention to perform well the little works, which are easiest and are constantly within our reach, if we wish to advance in friendship with God. St. Francis de Sales St. Ignatius said of a lay brother who was a mason, that he wrought for himself in heaven as many crowns as he had laid bricks or gave strokes of the hammer on account of the pure and upright intention with which he animated these works. It is told of St. Francis' Saviour that he was very careful to do little things well, and that he used to say, We must not deceive ourselves, for he who does not take pains to excel in little things will never do so in great. 18. Much more is accomplished by a single word of the paternoster said, now and then, from the heart, than by the whole prayer repeated many times in haste and without attention. St. Teresa The Lord one day revealed to St. Bridget that he was more pleased with one who would recite with perfect faith and earnestness these three words, Jesu miserere mei, Jesus, have mercy on me, than with another who might recite a thousand verses without attention. 19. Whoever has not experienced it will not be able to believe how much we gain by being careful not to fail in little things, for the devil, by means of these, 
makes gaps and breaches through which great things can enter. St. Teresa When St. Louis Bertrand was superior, he used to reprove and punish very severely, at the Friday chapter, the very smallest faults, such as failing in silence, oversleeping a little, or making a mistake in choir, only because he judged that advancement in religious discipline depended on these little things. St. Lawrence Justinian took more pains to guard himself from slight faults than from grave ones, for he used to say that to beware of grave faults belonged not to religious but to seculars. 20. Be careful not to forget God in your occupations, from a belief that in this way you will accomplish more. For if he abandons you, you will not be able to take a step without falling prostrate on the ground. Rather imitate little children, who with one hand cling to their fathers, while with the other they pluck strawberries and mulberries along the hedges. Attend to what you are doing, yet not without raising a glance, from time to time, to your heavenly Father, to see whether he is pleased with your plans, and to ask his help. In this manner you will accomplish even the most difficult business better, and more easily. See how the Blessed Virgin quietly employed one hand in work, while she was holding upon the other arm our infant Lord. St. Francis de Sales St. Mary Magdalene de Pazzi performed her exterior occupations with such abstraction that, as her companion said, it seemed her body only was engaged in them, and her soul was rather where she loved than where she lived. It was observed that at meals in the refectory, at the time when there was usually a pause in the spiritual reading, she showed by her motions that she was absorbed in some devout thoughts. We read the same thing of the venerable Father John Leonardi, who in the midst of business seemed so absorbed in God that he appeared, like St. Paul, to have his conversation in heaven. It is narrated of St. Rose of Lima that in all her employments she kept her mind uninterruptedly raised to God, that in reading, embroidering, weaving, conversing, and others, provided for the wants of the family, or walking in the streets, in every action, in all times and places, she was beholding, as in a clear mirror, and lovingly contemplating, the fair countenance of her beloved. What is more wonderful, this continual presence of God occupied her interior powers with much sweetness, without interfering at all with the exercise of her senses, so that while she was interiorly conversing with God, she was exteriorly conversing with men, answering connectedly, giving advice or orders, planning and executing whatever was necessary, with as much ease and readiness as if she had no other thought in mind. This was truly a wonderful gift granted to her by the Lord. It is related of St. Anthony, that while he was making baskets, he used to repeat from time to time the verse, Miserere mei Deus, secunum magno miserere cordium tuum. Have pity on me, O God, according to thy great mercy. We read of the venerable Monsignor de Palafox, that if a doubt occurred to him while writing, he would turn to an image of the infant Jesus and say, O Lord, what can we say about this? Or again, O Lord, teach me what I have to say. Oh, O Lord, give me light. Sometimes, after he had written what he thought suited to the occasion, he offered it to God, saying, O Lord, let this be for the good of souls. Give thy spirit to it, O Lord. Give life to these characters, O life of all created things. If at times he felt pleased with his reasoning or his expressions, he held the paper near the lamp and said, My God, is it thy will that I should burn it? Nothing here is mine. Let every work and every feeling of my own be consumed. But then he received interior light, which showed him that it would not be well to do so, 
and he refrained. 21. Among the hindrances which prevent us from performing our actions well, the foremost is that while we are doing one thing, we are thinking of another, which we have to do, or which we have done, so that our occupations interfere with one another, and none is well performed. The way to do them all well is to attend solely to the one we have in hand, taking care to do it as perfectly as possible, and banishing for the time the thought of every other, and when this is finished, not to think of it any more, but to think of what remains to be done. Father M. de Avila At a time when God was shedding his heavenly graces in abundance upon the venerable sister Maria Crucifixa, and calling her to enjoy the contemplation of himself in solitude, her superioress heaped upon her the offices of sacristan, cook, refectorian, and in certain novenas of great devotion, she had charge also of the door and of the medicine room. She did everything with exactness and to the satisfaction of all, and yet found time for her contemplation. This was her method. When she was in the sacristy, she said to herself, Now be nothing but a sacristan. And when she came out of it, she would say, Now do not be a sacristan any longer. And the same with the rest of her employments. 22. Perform faithfully what God requires of you each moment, and leave the thought of everything else to Him. I assure you that to live in this way will bring you great peace. St. Jane Francis de Chantal The saint herself was an example of this course of conduct. So was St. Francis de Sales also, of whom it was said that when he was doing any work or transacting any business, he gave his whole mind to it, as if he had nothing else in the world to think of. Nazianzen relates of his mother that she threw herself wholly into whatever she was doing, and did everything to perfection, so that seeing her in the midst of her household occupations, one would think she cared for nothing else. But when she was attending to her spiritual duties, she showed that they were receiving her whole attention, and she felt as much interest in every occupation as if she had no other. 23. The second hindrance is haste. Beware of it, for it is a deadly enemy of true devotion and anything done with precipitation is never done well. Let us go slowly, for if we do but keep advancing, we shall thus go far. St. Francis de Sales It was thus that the saint himself conducted all his operations. St. Philip Neri did the same, and recommended this course to his penitents, often saying, You need not try to do everything in a day, nor to become a saint in a month. Prudence does not advise it. 24. The works of God are performed, for the most part, little by little, and have their beginnings and their progress. We ought not to expect to do everything at once and in a hurry, nor imagine that all is lost if success does not come in an instant, but we must advance quietly, pray much to God, and make use of the means suggested by His Spirit, and never of the false maxims of the world. St. Vincent de Paul St. Vincent de Paul had a habit of proceeding in all his affairs, both in undertaking and prosecuting them with such tranquillity that he was regarded as too slow. But experience showed that his slowness did no harm, for, to the wonder of all, he brought to a successful issue so many and such difficult affairs that many persons together would not have been able to do as much, even if they had given their whole minds to the work. What is more, he succeeded in this way in performing all his spiritual works with fervor, and all the indifferent ones with success. 25. The third hindrance is anxiety and solicitude. Be diligent and accurate in all the affairs of which you have charge. 
but if possible do not let them cause you anxiety and vexation that is do not manage them with disquiet solicitude and eagerness do not worry in attending to them for worry disturbs the reason and hinders us from doing well even what does not trouble us but great affairs do not disturb us so much as a great number of little ones therefore receive these also with calmness and try to attend to them in order one after another without perturbation thus you will gain great merit by them for the time spent peacefully is doubtless most usefully employed st francis de sales this saint passed many hours with poor people who occupied him about things of little account when it was said to him that it was not well for him to lose so much time on trifles he answered what do you think i ought to do these things appear great to them and they desire sympathy as much as if the case were really so god knows well that i desire no greater employment and that every occupation is indifferent to me if only it regards his service while i am engaged in this work small as it is i am not obliged to do any other and is it not a sufficiently important employment to do the will of god to encourage one of his penitents to this practice he wrote to her thus whoever can preserve interior sweetness in the multiplicity of business may be called perfect though few can be found even in the orders who have arrived at this degree of felicity yet there are some and there have been some in every age we must aspire to this high standard st jane francis de chantel faithfully followed this advice by doing everything with the greatest attention but without any anxiety and without ever losing peace of heart and so all she did succeeded well and she spoke of this freely to her daughters to one of them she said one day believe me my dear daughter i deeply love our poor congregation but without anxiety without which love ordinarily is not wont to live but mine which is not ordinary lives without it and to another who had sought from her a remedy for the constant perplexities she experienced in her employments she wrote the origin of your trouble and perplexity comes from nothing but the anxiety you feel in seeking the good you aim at and your want of patience and submission to the will of him who alone can give it to you so if you desire your work to be better and less burdensome you must correct this anxiety and solicitude striving to work with fidelity but at the same time with calmness and spiritual sweetness twenty six it is a characteristic of the spirit of god to work with gentleness and love and the surest way of succeeding in whatever we undertake is to imitate him st vincent de paul this saint managed all his own affairs in this way whether they were important or indifferent spiritual or temporal with a great calmness and quiet which appeared even exteriorly twenty seven the fourth hindrance is the desire to do too much there is no need of wearing ourselves completely out in the exercise of virtue but we should practice them freely naturally simply as the ancient fathers did with good will and without scrupulosity in this consists the liberty of the children of god that is in doing gladly faithfully and heartily what they are obliged to do st francis de sales such in fact was this saint's manner of working a manner free simple ready devoid of artifice proceeding by ordinary and natural means, arising rather from the heart than from the mind, and therefore pleasing to God, and very easy and meritorious for the saint himself. Though St. Jane Frances de Chantal was most exact in the observance of her rules, and in all her employments, she took precautions both for herself and others, that this exactness should not be accompanied by that spiritual constraint and oppression, 
which self-love often causes, for faults committed through ignorance or inadvertence and without malice. In everything she went on lovingly, happily, and in peace. 28. Among the many means of performing our actions well, one is to do each of them as if it were to be the last of our lives. At every action, then, say to yourself, If you knew that you were to die immediately after this action, would you do it? And would you do it in this way? St. Vincent de Paul Whatever St. Francis de Sales did, he did it as if it were his last act in the world. A certain priest was accustomed to go to confession every morning before saying Mass. Once, being dangerously ill, he was advised to make his confession in preparation for death. But he answered, Blessed be God, I have made my confession in that way every day for the last thirty years, as if I were immediately to die, so I need do no more than to make my ordinary confession, as if I were going to say Mass. 29. Another good method is to consider only the present day. One of the arts which the devil employs to ruin souls and to retard many in the service of God is to represent to them that it is a very difficult and insupportable thing to live for many years with so much exactness, circumspection, and regularity. Now, to consider today only closes the path to this temptation, and, at the same time, lends much support to human weakness. For, who is there that cannot for one day make a strong effort to do all he can, that his actions may be well performed? Let one say to himself in the morning, This day I mean to perform my ordinary actions well. So, that becomes easy and tolerable, which might appear very difficult if it were taken in a general way, and with the thought that this effort was to be made for a lifetime. Meanwhile, by proceeding every day in this manner, little by little a good habit is formed, and no further difficulty is experienced. Rodriguez A certain monk is mentioned in the lives of the fathers, who even early in the morning suffered intolerably from hunger and weakness. In order not to transgress the holy custom of the monks, which forbade any food to be taken before three o'clock in the afternoon, he adopted the following device. In the morning he said to himself, Hungry as you are, is it a great thing to wait until tears? At tears, he said, Truly I must make some effort, and not eat until sext. At sext he put the bread into the water, and said, While the bread is soaking, I can wait till noon, as I have waited so long. I do not mean for the sake of two or three hours to transgress the good custom of the monks. When the hour of noon arrived, he said his prayers and took his breakfast. So he went on for some days, beguiling himself by these short periods of time, until one day, when he was eating at the regular hour, he saw a smoke arise from the basket of bread and go out of the window of his cell. This was, no doubt, the evil spirit that had tempted him. From that time forward, he no longer felt hungry as before, so that, at times, he remained entire days without food and without feeling any need of it. In the same book another monk is mentioned, who was for some time tempted to leave his monastery. Every evening he would say to himself, Tomorrow I will go. And when morning came, he would say, Now, for the love of God, I will stay one day more. After continuing this practice for nine years, he was, at last, free from the temptation. 30. It is a great error of certain souls, otherwise good and pious, that they believe they cannot retain interior repose in the midst of business and perplexities. Surely there is no commotion greater than that of a vessel in the midst of the sea. 
yet those on board do not give up the thought of resting and sleeping and the compass remains always in its place turning towards the pole here is the point we must be careful to keep the compass of our will in order that it may never turn elsewhere than to the pole of the divine pleasure this is the third means of performing our actions well st francis de sales st vincent de paul excelled in this he was never perturbed by the multiplicity of business nor by the difficulties he encountered but he undertook everything with inexhaustible spiritual strength and applied himself with method patience and tranquillity making the will of god his constant aim this was especially visible when he had a seat in the king's council and at the same time the government of his own congregation and of many other communities assemblies and conferences together with other employments which almost overwhelmed him one might have supposed that he would have been in a state of distraction divided as it were among a hundred thoughts and cares and with his mind in consequence harassed and agitated but no in the midst of a constant ebb and flow of persons and employments he appeared always recollected self-possessed master of himself with as much evenness of temper peace and tranquillity as if he had only one thing to think about thirty one all that we do receives its value from conformity to the will of god when i take food or recreation if i do it because it is the will of god i merit more than if i went to suffer death without that intention plant this principle firmly in your mind and then at every action fix your eyes upon it in imitation of the carpenter who brings every board under the square thus you will do your work with perfection st francis de sales this truth was well understood by the good lay brother who said that when he was sitting at table he was preaching xavier's sermons in india for the best thing about xavier's preaching was that he did the will of god by it which the lay brother was also doing st mary magdalene de posse had this perfect conformity not only habitual and implied but also actual so that while it seems to most spiritual persons a very difficult thing to direct every action actually to god it was so easy and familiar to her that she thought it impossible for any one to work without reflecting upon the will of god End of section 16